Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point, and our buddy over at 101 ESPN, and he also happens to be Former NHL defenseman Jamie Rivers. I started it off weird and awkward again this week, guys. We got to okay. get an intro. That's okay. No, That's we got to get an no. intro. That's how they know. So that I do not have to introduce everybody every week because it gets to this point where I get to interview Jamie and then I or, or get to set up Jamie and then I get into my head about what I'm going to say and then how he's going to look at me like he's doing right now. We just got to get, get an intro. Okay, first what? of all, I wasn't hell? looking that way until you started giving me the extra dialogue of why you screwed it. I wasn't even really. Donnie, let's be honest here. You don't even, I wasn't listening. Yeah, no, <laughs> and you know what? And out of all the things you're going to care about, that ain't going to be the one. I know I know for sure. I have question one. Sure. Of this oh, whole thing. Because God. as you, well, it popped into my head because you said, you know, former NHL player, former Blue, yeah. whatever, and former uh, Red Wing, by the way. Don't forget that. He'll um, never let that when go. When we were, what game was it that, uh, was it, oh, maybe Arizona. Uh, we were watching, the Arizona game was on, and, and we have a group text that's going yeah. between the three of us talking about super important stuff. And, super uh, important stuff. Super Literally. important stuff. <laughs> like roasts and stuff. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I think I asked a question in the t- in the group text, and then you said, commented on it or something. Yeah. And then we didn't hear from you. Still haven't, by the way. <laughs> And so, a, so I took to, a, to a, a text just to Donnie, and this is the honest to God truth. I've known you, we've known you for twenty something years, and I just started thinking, just because we've known him for twenty something years, and now we're in season two of this doing the Last Minute Blues podcast, does that give us license to text a former NHLer during a hockey game? <laughs> like he didn't reply, and I thought, oh. I can't imagine the amount of people that are texting him during an NHL game. But I assume, here's what I assume. He's texted with us before about stuff going on in the yeah, game. Yeah, but we've always started it. 
So maybe it was just that. like, oh, these guys that I do this podcast. Oh, so do you think? Yes, we're, Jeff, that was Scandella. So do you think you we're know? bothering him? I don't know. It's because he didn't reply. And by the way, again, I'll say, still hasn't. <laughs> I mean, he is a former NHLer. <laughs> I mean, I know there's lots of popular and people he, in the phone. He was a Red Wing. Let me yeah. see here. I, I mean. <laughs> I'm checking it out. You guys are right. I guess if I'm not correcting you, like, why do I have to? Do you need that positive reinforcement? You're that like, guy? Like me. Like me. Yeah. I always just figure, like, he. I, I know that he's got the two boys that are playing sports. I know he's his daughter is a volleyball player. And then on top of the 64 businesses that he runs, I figure there might just be times of the day where he's like, you know, and I don't feel like talking to anybody, let alone these two chuckle Got the wife constantly dragging you into the bedroom. I mean, you just... It is. That it is, is seriously... No, because they're remodeling the bedroom. So oh. I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's so... right. We use a closet now. Yeah, um, so... <laughs> so, no, okay. So, truth be told here, when I'm watching a game, uh, I've got it going through the computer with a video system. I'm marking things in the game. There's right. guys that I work with on the talent side of things, like the skill development side. And so, I'm marking the game constantly in situations. You're doing work. So, I'm working at yep. the same time. And there are teams... There's, Two teams in the NHL I do some consulting with for the skills as well as scouting and doing pre-scouting. And so there's things that I'd watch and pick up. And then I have to you know hit the, the hot keys that, that put them into the file, take the file, send it off to the team, send it off to whatever. So I'm busy doing that. So when I, I see that thing firing off, it's not because I don't want to answer. Sometimes if I, if I start to answer that, I, I miss something or I start thinking about that thing rather than – like you, Jeff, like when you talked about wanting to just roast a player at a bar and we could have fun with it. I, I don't know. I was like, hang on. I'm, I'm working on the was power that, play but here. Was that during a game, though? Yes. It was? Oh, well, maybe. It, I don't think that was during a game. That might not have been. But now that yeah. I know that he was legitimately working, I do kind of feel Yeah, that. I do, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the. I kind of assume. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, I'm not here to talk about past time. No, I'm, I'm not going to read <laughs> it okay. off. Okay, yeah, I don't, you know what? I don't want to talk please. about old stuff. Yeah, it, please don't. It might be pregame. It was 532. It was a random text, but it was fun nonetheless. It really was a good time. I can tell you. From my end, that was a fun text. Hey, anyway. dudes, before we start Blues Hockey real quick, I want to ask a question. Um, and I know that this is one that, that people don't necessarily come here for or whatever, but it's just a question that I have the day after the Super Bowl, after Tom Brady wins number seven. Is he the greatest athlete that we've seen in our, mm, in, yeah. in our, in our time? And, 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 I'll and, let and, Jeff go first. And I know, it's, I, I know that there's a lot of people that could be in that conversation, sure. the Gretzkys. The, so I'm not saying that he definitely is, but I don't understand at this point as a football fan, as a sports fan, how you can dislike this guy. Yeah, no. I, I just don't get well, it. Well, anybody who dislikes him, it's just from a place of bitterness. I it guess, but dude, be. his record against my Bills is twenty eight and two, That's and I good. can still like appreciate recognize him. and appreciate the greatness. Watching that guy last night, man, I mean, it, there can't be a bigger stage. And to him, oh man, it's just you know, it's just another. See game. him walking out to the field. Totally relaxed, oh, like yeah, just yeah. trotting out. Now he's that's his tenth time to the Super Bowl, so you do get. I guess I've never been, but I guess you get maybe a little bit numb to it and focused, probably. Right? He's probably like, okay. All this, these fireworks and all this stuff. I've got to get ready to strike early because all these young guys are going to be in awe of all this stuff. It's going to be totally sidetracking. I need to be ready. I need to make sure my team's ready to go. That's what I would be doing. I'd be like, okay. I'd be looking at guys' eyeballs and their body language on my own sidelines, and I would make sure I go over and visited those guys and just be like, hey, let's go, because you can see guys getting jacked up or, oh, my God, the big eyes looking at yeah. you know all the fireworks and the planes flying over, and they're like, oh, my God, this is real. Is that Shakira over there? <laughs> yeah, oh, I get it. Boy. Yeah, I wish it was. You. Yeah. 
But what do you what do you guys think? Well, here if, real quickly to tell a story that I just heard today. I think Riz talk, talked about it. Uh, a story about Tom Brady in the locker room earlier in the playoffs. And you're a big fan, so maybe you pick up the story for me. Apparently, after one of the playoff wins with Tampa Bay this year, there was a guy that's been with Tampa Bay or never been in the playoffs or something that was in the locker room that was crying because he was so happy that they made it past whatever round. And Brady went over him and apparently raised his voice and was like. Now's not the time to be emotional. Yeah. We still got so much work to do. Quit crying. You know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. We got more wins. To, and that's a guy that he's – I know he's also said, I just like to be a part of the team and I like to see the team win. That's a captain right there. That's a captain. Like, just what I said earlier, right? Like, reading the sidelines and the body language. Tom Brady went over in that case because what what happens there is when a guy gets emotional like that, that's his – subconsciously, that's his finish line, Right. I got we we got past the first round right, and you yeah. kind of like oh my god right Brady's like uh 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 dude that ain't my finish line my finish line ends with a big silver trophy so you better pull your and, crap together here because we're gonna need you and there's and there's a story of Lance Berkman at a at a charity softball game I played with him and I said to him what he what he won a World Series here the first one ever and then he went. Played one more year somewhere else and was okay or something like that. Like he went to Texas or yeah, something. Yeah, so, and he said, he goes, the biggest disappointment to me was after winning the World Series, he goes, my motivation was gone. I couldn't, I, I was just like, I was working after that. And Tom Brady has kept that motivation seven times now. Well, guys get different feelings, right? Certain guys crave it more and more and more. And the great ones, not that Lance wasn't great, he was, but clearly he had a little bit of an emotional letdown. A lot of the guys that are that good, once they get a taste of it, they want it again. And the second time's better than the first. And the third time's better than the second. And so on and so on. And so that's why Brady still plowing ahead. That's why Rob Gronkowski comes out of retirement. That's why Antonio Brown finds his way down to Tampa is because they know Tom is never going to be satisfied. Not until you have to wheel him off the field in a wheelchair Will he be satisfied? And if he's still got, if he's still motivated, that means your team has a chance. And to talk to the or to listen to the players speak after Mike Evans, who had one catch, one catch for thirty-one yards, he's like one of the elite wide receivers in all of football. One catch for thirty-one yards. Yes, he drew a couple of pass interference that you should add that on to his total. He wasn't disappointed at all. And the number one thing he talked about is how Tom Brady came in and changed the culture that he was one of the guys, and, and that he's like, Mike Evans said, he made me a better man, made me think about my physical fitness, made me pay attention to detail. And every guy, as they do that, that's how they talk about Tom Brady. And he goes around, and he has a special thing to say to everybody. He's got a, a unique relationship with every one of his players. Dude, he's the head coach. Right. He just doesn't have the headset on. Yeah. That's what it is. Do you think he'll turn out to be one of those guys that plays too long, or do you think he's going to be smart enough to walk away when he can still walk? For lack of a better term, yeah. uh, I mean, because you just ha- talked about his motivation, he'll probably have motivation until the day he's die- until the day he dies. I-, I feel like next year, I would almost think has got to be it. But you know, man, he wants I to play till he's past forty-five. He wants to play past forty-five, and he's forty-four now. Forty-three, forty-three now. So I don't know when his birthday is, but I imagine he probably turned forty-four in the middle of next year somewhere sure. season, and so it'd be two more seasons. And if you look at their team and their salary cap, and if the players are that dedicated to the program, like they could be dangerous for the next two years as well. I'm not betting against him. 
No, I, <laughs> Dude, that's like, a great point. I went out. Uh, I was in the car real super early Sunday no. Sunday morning. I was I was pretty early, and I handed on one on one. And uh, a couple of guys from the East Coast were doing a you know a pre Super Bowl bet on this. You know all the prop bets yeah. and all those other things. It was coming down towards the end of the show, and they decided to go around the room. Who's gonna you know who are you picking? And the one guy said he was picking Tampa. The other guy said, "Are you crazy?" Blah blah blah. And he said, "Everybody who's putting money on this game, or if it's just a friendly wager between you and somebody else." Look back at how, many, how much money and how many times you have lost to Tom Brady. Are you going to do that to yourself again? And he was right. Yeah. Think about how much money you've lost uh, you know, betting against Tom Brady. Well, the one thing, too, that can't be overlooked, one, you're absolutely right. And I get with the fast lane guys, we had a bunch of bets, and I won all the bets because they chose to bet against Brady. And I'm like, even if I'm not a Brady fan— which I am, but if I, I'm like, I'm not betting against Brady. That's yeah. like betting against Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. It's like you're betting against Michael Jordan. You may lose, but it's just you should just probably go with Brady he Jordan. Not, he hasn't given me a reason to bet against him. No. Why? It's, there are times where he's going to lose a game, yeah, but there's no reason to look at a team that he's on and go, no way. Right. Jeff, go with the odds, right? He played 21 years. He's been to the Super Bowl 10 times. So 50% of his career, almost 50% of his career, has been to the Super Bowl. Uh, there's, a, there's a guy that, <laughs> that uh, had an incident with some fireworks a few years ago. Yeah, Justin Pierre-Paul. I believe he has more rings than Pierre-Paul has fingers. <laughs> I believe that that Somebody is absolutely the case. As long as JPP has one finger... He'll be able to put that ring on. That's a great <laughs> point. Hey, uh, <laughs> All right, that's the show, everybody. <laughs> hey, uh, well, it's positive around yeah. here. Hey, how do the guys, how do the players know when the actual games start? I'm talking about the NHL, because I think that the Blues clocks are about an hour late. Because it seems like the first friggin' period, man. Where the hell are these guys at? I, I, I'm starting to get a little impatient with slow starts here, guys. Say, did you, can, can I de- let me de- dovetail off of this because Ooh, if dovetail. we yeah, that's a no, nice radio look at dovetail let me read the tea leaves what's it mean um i like it, all these buzzwords this everybody would have said during the stanley cup run this would have never happened because the team this and uh, Baruby, the coach would never put up with them you know having a a, a late start and, and not you know the first period being nothing why has it changed from from then to now yeah there's a couple of people that are different but still yeah oh Baruby would never put up with you know a soft start well it's happening all the time well now. one thing is chief is not putting up with it but there's only so much a coach can do he still has to put players on the ice yeah and he has to put the the best players that he believes give the team a chance to win the Blues aren't extremely deep with, you know, those difference makers. They have depth. Don't get me wrong. They do. And that depth is going to be tested because, and I'm sure we'll get into it, there's a couple of injuries and some guys coming back and, and things like that. But he doesn't have the dynamic depth. So if you look at some of the guys that are playing, how much can he really do to the lineup? And, and then what? What if it doesn't work? Now you've pissed off some of your top-tier guys, whether they should drag their lip or not. It's irrelevant whether they're paid millions of dollars or not. I know you're screaming at your radio sure. right now, okay? <laughs> That's besides the point. The guys are still angry when they get healthy scratched or demoted or benched. Um, but, yeah, it's an issue. And Scotty Bowman in Detroit, <clears throat> anyways, he used to have a saying. It said, uh, boys, it's always a morning skate. Boys, make sure we're here for start time. And first time I'm like, Looked at Stevie Eisenman, who's sitting beside me. That's just a name drop, and he was sitting right, right beside me in the locker room. I'm sure he drops your name all the time. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> restraining orders. But anyways, um, I said, Stevie, I go, what, what the heck does that mean? I'm like, we don't have to get here until game time? I go, that, he goes, no, Riv, 
He's like, what it means is puck drop is 708. It means be ready at 708 to do battle, right? Don't, don't come in at 708, but not be ready to play until 730. Cause that's the first period's already gone by and we're going to be screwed. And so that was Scotty's thing. Puck drops 708. Make sure you're ready to start on time. And that's what's going on with the blues right now. Now I will say this. Okay. The last game, they were there in the first period. They actually had a pretty good first period. It kind of fizzled away from that. But two things I really noticed here in this series so far against Arizona, which, guys, by the way, it's turning into a six-game series. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Six out of the seven games that the Blues are playing in this stretch are against the Arizona Coyotes. They're going to have to figure out a way to get the middle of the ice. I'm watching these games, and it's plain as day to me that Arizona's stacking the deck in the middle of the ice. They're just daring the Blues to go down the wall, to play, you know, ugly hockey. And it's just they're creating puck battles all over this. That's a Rick Tockett strategy, by the way. Rick what a, Tockett. What a jerk. Rick Tockett and Craig Berube are like the same guy, pretty much, except one's bald and one has a little bit of hair. <laughs> but they're both, I mean, they were both tough as nails as players, honest guys, hard workers, and that's how they coach. That's what they demand. So when you look at the Arizona Coyotes, it's basically a lesser, uh, a less talented St. Louis Blues team. And they're going to work. They're going to work their asses off because their coach, he's going to be right there waiting for them. So by taking away the middle of the ice, it forces the Blues to play in the trenches. You can win hockey games in the trenches. You can win football games in the trenches. You can win basketball games in the paint, right? All the dirty areas where you can win. So that's where the Blues now have to figure out a way to expose that. And they haven't done that yet. And the best way to do it is to kind of... Not dumb down the game. Simplify the game by chipping the puck up the wall, and then you have your center ice or your offside winger slash supporting, meaning diagonally cutting across the ice. What it does then is anybody who's on the other side of the ice who's trying to stack the deck, they become useless to that team because they're not involved on this half of the ice. So by double slash supporting, now you've got three guys on the same side of the ice versus two of the other team's guys. It comes down to hard work. You have to do it, but you also have to recognize that you need to chip the puck ahead. The Blues are a puck possession team, so they'd rather curl back, pass it to the D, 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 wing, wing, and they're looking to do, which is great. I mean, that's the way the NHL's trending, but when you get a team that's testing you, daring you to play in the trenches, you got to play trench hockey. Especially when you can, right? Of like course. Like the Blues can Play that way. They, they can, can absolutely play that way. Okay, so for for uh, Jamie Rivers' hints that I always like, I stick stuff in my head, and when I see it on the TV, like tonight, I go, "Oh, I remember he did that." So what we look for when they break out to go it's up more the in wall, transition. It's to, more in transition. Okay, transition up the wall as opposed to the middle of the ice, and that center who may be over on the left, if the ball, the puck is going up the right wall, will transition over towards the right side. So you basically like running a diagonal route straight to the boards, but like twenty five feet ahead, and gotcha. the other guy, the other winger, doing the same thing, and at the same time you activate the offside D, gotcha. so that anybody who's pulled over to that side of the ice, now you do have the cross ice that's available. Okay, gotcha. and now what happens is. Teams sometimes are lazy at first, and they'll keep those two defenders on that half of the ice. But then they eventually start to cheat to the one side. And what happens in is it allows the puck to go cross ice then. They'll be seen. Watch seams. for that. Watch for that. 
That'll be fascinating when you see that on the ice. All right, so one of the players that we have talked about over the course of the last couple of weeks of being somebody that's been banged up, and he's taken maintenance days, and the whole thing is is, is big double nickel, Colton mm-hmm. Pareko. Oh, double nickel. My my question here is this. If he is banged up to the point where it is visible that we can see him not able to make plays or maybe not having the mobility that he does, you know, I understand that that it's it's a you, you got to put your best – guys out there, but why don't you sit Colton for a couple of games and get him right because he is going to be crucial for this for this season. Are we putting him at risk by continuing to run him out there? And then it changes my expectations of what I should be looking for and, from the guy, and is, too. And it's just one day off enough, too. Right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's probably going to take a little bit more than that. Yeah. So, what do you think? Yeah. Um, look, you're, you're we're getting to the point, again, where everybody's going to be healthy. You got to remember, Bortuzzo was out early. Right. That was the Avalanche series. Wow, that's so right. that's second. Right. I think it was the Back second. When we used to play a different team. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Right. Well played, Jeff. Yeah, that was the second game of the year. Second You're right. game of the year. So they really and, and Mikola has been a project. He's been good, and everything's trending positive for him. But he's not ready to make that big jump yet. Now scandella has been injured. So where do you go? And Jake Wallman played the other night. He had a couple of good shifts. He had some. He had some shifts that were like, okay, he needs some time. Mm-hmm. He needs to figure it out because he's making AHL plays in the NHL, which is fine. I did it. I did it. Trust me. It takes time to figure out the, oh, you can't do that here because this is a pretty good league. Right. And uh, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> right. So what are your options, right? So you, you kind of have to keep him in there and hope that you can patch him together through this. And the other side of it, and maybe this is just the old school side of it for me. Maybe it's just my demented head. I want my leadership group, I want them to have adversity. I want this guy to go through injury. I want him to know what it's like to play through something like this, to give it all you've got, to be just a little bit short. I want that out of my guy. Reason being, when we get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we're in a seven-game series, and we're in four different playoff series, and we're looking to win the Stanley Cup, he's going to have adversity. He's going to be hurt. He's going to be injured. There's going to be times where he's going to have to try and plow through it. If he's never done it before... How can you do it? No. Now, that might be sick and twisted. And if you're listening to this and you think I'm sick and twisted, you're probably right. And you've listened before. <laughs> I don't think that you're – I mean, obviously, I don't think that you're wrong. You can say I'm wrong. No, 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 no. If I thought that, I would. <laughs> and I don't mean – and I don't mean – I just mean I think for the long race – it's yeah. what I mean. You want your guys to play tough, and if they're a little banged up, hell yeah, you want them to still well, get in I would there imagine and go. part of it would be what the injury is as well. It's just, I think this... this you guys want to know what it is? Yeah. You yeah, I tell us. Tell I know. But you, when you jerk. got... Bert, but, 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 <laughs> jerk. I know his injury is having Jamie as a friend. That's, that's <laughs> what Actually, probably. Is. Actually, maybe he <laughs> should when you got Bortuzzo spend more time and, with me. Bortuzzo and Scandella out. Obviously, you, you don't have that luxury of being able to do that. But I just wondered, man, because it was like Thursday. I, I think Friday morning we had said, man, he is just not right yeah. and you i mean even i can see that and i you know i don't have the train his mobility is being affected yes. right now and it's not his straight ahead speed um but it is certainly his his you know his quick feet his transitioning from backwards to forwards when you have some guys that beat him wide and sneak through that's not a hundred percent colton pareko like it's not him being a hundred percent healthy i should say because nobody in this nhl is fast enough to get away from him and the the height and the length that he has and the reach that he has, nobody should be able to get around. Real quick, why did we go with seven defensemen on Saturday? Yeah, that was a peculiar move. Um, 
My only thought is this, is that Chief wanted to get some game reps for Jake Wallman. Okay. Maybe he sees, to your point, Colton Pareko is battling through something right now. Robert Bortuzzo had not been cleared, which he is cleared for, mm-hmm. for tonight's game versus uh, the Coyotes, but he had not been cleared. Scandella's been out. You look at that and you go, oof, I better get this kid some games or some ice time because if we get one more guy that gets dinged up, he's in he's full in. tilt mm-hmm. yeah. and he'll have zero reps under his belt. So I think Chief looked at the lineup and says, we're pretty deep up front. I can double shift Ryan O'Reilly. I can double shift Braden Shen. I can double shift uh, Sunquist or whoever I want in the middle of Robert Thomas, although he got injured. Um, but I can do that. I can afford to do that because I have the horses. Got it. At, at what point are they are they overhorsed though? Because I remember in the TV broadcast they said, "Oh, because of the eleven or the seven, um, more minutes on Ryan O'Reilly, who just played twenty eight minutes the other yeah. night or whatever." I mean, at what point, especially with all the back to backs, is that going to be too much? It is a lot. Um, I, I can tell you personally, I expected to see Wallman take a few shifts up front as a forward. I think he may have. I yeah, I thought say, they I did thought allude did. to like that. one or I two. Think he did. But I expected it to be like fourth line guy. And every time the other team's fourth line comes out since your last change at home, I'd have had him play D at that point and match him up against the other team's third line as a forward. Whatever you want to do uh, to relieve some of that pressure so that you don't have Ryan O'Reilly playing close to 30 minutes a game and, and Braden Shan. They just play too hard for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, look at Chief wanted to. I think he was pressing all in on that one. I don't know if he was trying to send messages to anybody. I mean, Kyle Clifford's the one who ended up being a healthy scratch. I don't know if he was sending a clear message to him. I mean, he only played five and a half minutes a game before. So I'm not sure. Um, I know Clifford's back in the lineup tonight. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was an interesting choice. And anytime I've been in that situation, I usually I'm the seventh guy, and I played forward. Right. And I just run I around say, there was and hit a everybody. Of times I remember you playing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even want the puck. Yeah, just put it in that guy's corner. I'm going to put him into the third row, <laughs> and then push the the puck back out through the blue line like you're supposed to, right? Yeah, just get it out. I had my guy. Um, where where are we at on McKecker? And I know I think he was just put on the taxi squad again. Yeah, the taxi squad is basically being used like the American Hockey League. Right, but they don't, they're don't they not playing games. But they don't get sent yeah. down to the American Hockey what? League. It's, it's like there's two levels of what you can do with your players that are not on the roster. One is taxi squad, where they stay here and practice with the team. They're paid American League money, although McEachern's on a one-way deal, so right. he's paid you know, that amount of money. I think there might be some cap gymnastics. I'd have to dive into the math, which, no, actually... I'm not going to dive into the okay, math. Good. Probably a pretty good I idea. I didn't have my calculator, but I do think there's a reason certain players go down to the taxi squad and certain players because they come off of the actual salary, the the, the overall salary when they when they go to total, the taxi squad when they go down. The, yeah, gotcha. so, um, but yeah, McEachern, Mackenzie McEachern's a guy who he fills a nice role, but the problem is Kyle Clifford fills the same role. Yeah, I, and what are you going to do? You're going to take Kyle Clifford out and. And sacrifice well. One, he's playing. He played pretty tough and has some big hits. Got a couple of goals already. He's got, mm-hmm. he's got more of a scorer's touch than Mackenzie McEachern does. At least at this point, I like Mackenzie McEachern. And heck, he comes back in and kills penalties for the St. Louis Blues. He's got great speed. He's not afraid to hit. It's just one of those guys that, and this was told to me a long time ago, is you have to bring something unique to the team whenever you're in the lineup. Mackenzie McEachern brings speed, brings but he doesn't bring one specific thing where you're like, I can't take him out. Mm. Like the coach has to feel like, I don't want to take this guy out. I can't take him out. So I know he may not be as good as so-and-so, but he brings this to the table. Right. And, and we uh, need that tonight. 
Yeah, correct. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. rather than getting put in the pile of guys who are all kind of the same, you want to be in a pile like, oh, he does this good, mm. or he's this one specific thing. And so that's why, like, as my career went on, I just played more physical and blocked shots. I blocked shots like I won't, like I couldn't eat enough pucks. How about Sunquist on that one? Two in, two in a row. Two in, what, like eight seconds? Kick a save like and that? a beauty, oh too. All, all about sacrificing the body. I, I, loved, I loved to see the bench when he was skating over there, too. The bench basically was trying to throw him a lifeline and just going crazy. <laughs> guys I, love I mean, that. Unbelievable. Jeff, Donnie, you guys have no idea. When somebody blocks a shot like that, or blocks two for that matter in this specific occasion, they're the bench goes wild. Yeah. They love it. Okay. On that topic, the bench goes flipping crazy uh-huh. because Sunquist is out there giving 120%. But then after the game, we hear Coach Barubi say again that there are certain guys that are still not out there playing 100% or, or, or giving it everything mm-hmm. they need. How, how can you see your teammate down there blocking a damn shot with his teeth and then you still take the next shift at 75 percent i don't understand that and then also on top of that i want to know who these guys are because i want to not because i want to not like them you know what i mean not maybe not not like them but i mean i want to know what the hell is going on they're gonna here, buy their man. jersey we that's can't, for sure we, we, it just it just seems like man they, they put themselves behind the eight ball and they're a really good team that that I don't know. It just seems like they're shooting themselves in the foot as they're trying to figure it out. Yeah, there's some guys that are still trying to figure it out, right? And so I know this is cliche, and and it's going to be like, oh, my God, it's still early. The problem with that, though, is that the season's not as long. Right. So still early doesn't work past, well, past right now, pretty much. Like, where are they now in total games this season? Like, like 11? 12 games yeah, played. feels right. But. I would go like 15 games is my max on the getting used to each other, chemistry, knowing the system, all this stuff, right? Like the 15 game mark for me as a head coach, I'd be like, all right, if you haven't figured it out by now, we got a problem. Right. So I think there's a little buffer zone in there for the next couple of days. But some guys don't know how to work properly. Okay. And I know that sounds crazy because you're like, how do you not know how to work hard? There's working hard and there's working smart, and then there's working hard and smart. And some guys, like Ryan O'Reilly, he's got it all. He's got it all. Braden Shen has it all. Jaden Schwartz has it all. You look at the guys and you go, okay, I see that. They've got it all. You look at other guys and you're like, why is he not winning that puck battle? But, boy, he can score goals. He makes a great pass, but, man, he didn't hustle in that forecheck or he didn't get back on the back check. There's just little things. And I think there's a couple of players right now that think they're playing hard. But they're not. And when you watch the game, you can see where they're just a step behind. You know, I always say you're you're a minute too late to the dance, meaning that you're just not quite there. And then by the time they get there, the play has changed. The dynamic of the play has changed. So now you're caught in between. And now you're not working smart. So not only were you not working hard immediately, but then you're not working smart because you're chasing the game all over the place. It creates a disaster for the four other guys that are on the ice with you. So this is where the coaching staff has to... Get these guys quietly. You don't want to out anybody just yet because maybe your team or these individuals need some work. Get them in the video room. You get it on the ice, and you design drills specific to those tasks, right? So, like, if there's something that they're not good at in the neutral zone, whether it's a forecheck, the regroup, pressuring, stick placement, whatever it is, you sit there as a coach and you design a drill to mimic the game situation so that you, at that point, can – 
as soon as that individual does it wrong, boom, you blow the whistle and you correct it. It's like a dog when you just give a little pull on the leash, right? You correct it. Dog figures out after, well, okay, I don't want to go over there because every time I do that, yeah. I get corrected and I fall back in line here. It's the same with coaching. You want to make sure that the message is consistent and that it's firm. And when you can do something to set a player up for that, sounds awful, but you're setting him up for failure, but only because you want to correct it. So you want to create the situation so you can show him. Correct. Yeah. And then and so you're so in front of everybody, David Braun doesn't go after a puck. He's going to blow the whistle and say, 100%. Wow. Yeah. Practice is not a time for coddling. And, and it, but smart coaches like Craig Berube and guys like that, not only will they isolate David Perron, but the next play that happens, he'll blow the whistle and correct somebody else too. Mm, so it. that nobody ever feels like it's they're us. on an island. It's us. And sometimes him, yeah. it's premeditated. Yeah. I've been on teams where the coach walks up to the best player and says, hey, listen, I'm going to get on you today a little bit. But there's a point to it. Guy goes, okay, gotcha. And then the first thing that happens is like Steve Eiserman gets reprimanded for not taking the right route on a forecheck. Blasted. Just shortly. Five seconds blast. Okay, do it again. Now, who, who, who can you not criticize right, now? Yeah. yeah, the seventh defenseman is going to be like, if he's going to yell at Iserman, he's going to yell at me. Right. I mean, yeah. even Brendan Shanahan standing there, if he's going to yell at Iserman, he's, he's going to yell, yell at me. me. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the bigger picture. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Wow. Can, can you talk to me about Tory Krug and his play uh, as a uh, as a St. Louis Blues so far? Because to me, he is a guy that is paid to be a difference maker. Mm-hmm. And I understand completely that it is a new thing. I get it, but I don't see the difference maker yet. And I know that it's a yet, and I know that I will, but I feel like I am not seeing the tremendous player that I should be seeing. Well, one reason for that is the power play is not good right now, okay? And it's not his fault. He's a part of the equation, there's no doubt. But that power play, specifically the first unit, it's just out of sync. I don't know what's going on, like when they're – they're putting pucks in areas where guys should be, and they're trying to make plays, and they're rotating in the offensive zone. It's just like they're doing it in the wrong way right now. They're working against each other, not even on purpose. And I think at some point right now, there's not some panic. Panic's the wrong word. Uh, they're uptight because they do know that the power play has not been good. When you're out there, although the guys are paid millions of dollars and they should just do their damn job. I get it, okay? <laughs> but sometimes you don't. And then when you don't do it the best, you feel that pressure. And, yes, the crowd is not all there. We've got 1,400 people right now in the building, which is amazing. But everybody's watching at home. Your teammates are watching. There's a stress factor that's involved in this. And I personally, I would shake it up a little bit. I mean, that second unit has been, I don't say dominant, but they've been getting a ton of opportunities with that Hoffman done. Uh, Justin Falk was on there the other night and he ripped a couple oh, on the I was net. Say, damn, he can rip the puck. He can rip Holy the puck. Cow. And Hoffman on the other side, how he that thing come that that thing jumps off his blade. Wasn't but, there a week where um, uh, Pareko was uh, power play number two and he was over on the dot? A la yeah, I, right now with with what he's dealing with, what he's dealing with I'd probably just keep okay. him to even strength and penalty kill, gotcha. and especially the way Justin Falk is playing offensively. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would. I, I'm just saying I brought that up because maybe it points to the fact that yeah, there is something going on, and that's why he's not. Out there right yeah, now. No, yeah, no. That's a good observation, Jeff. Thank you very well much. Well done. Thank proud you. of you. Donnie? Donnie? You Donnie proud wrote of him? Donnie wrote no, that I am, down but now I'm he, jealous because <laughs> I didn't get a good observation either. Damn he passed it. That, he passed that on over but to yeah, me. But yeah, to simplify, and we go back to the one goal that Tori Krug scored, the very first power play goal of the season. It was four, five short passes. It was ding, 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 boom, and he shot the puck. And 
We had a guy in front of the net, and that's how it happens. I find that lately when you watch the Blues power play, instead of making the simple available play, they're looking to make a difference-making play, which is fine. I get it. But when your power play is not rolling at you know 20% or 21%, when you're rolling at 10 or 11%, you take what's given to you, and you make the most of it. Can, can I simplify what you just said sure. there? Uh, uh, quit being so damn fancy. Throw the goddamn <laughs> puck towards the goddamn net and stop trying to be make everything so goddamn pretty. Yeah, that was really good, Donnie. God dang it. I mean, Jeff, that was really good from Donnie. Yeah, it really you. was. See, yeah, we got, see I, 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 I was going for yeah, one, too. I wanted a gold job. star. You're God totally going to pass one the thing, quiz though, tomorrow. One thing, though, I want to caution <laughs> to our listeners. It's not shoot at all costs. Maybe okay? that's what's missing is 18,000 people, people yelling, yelling shoot, shoot on the see, power play. You guys we, don't know when to shoot. No, we don't. You're right. We're untrained animals. No, but what you have to do is if you're going to simplify it to what you said, get the puck to the net. It can't be shots that have no chance of creating offense. Like sometimes people think, well, the more shots, the better, right? We no. throw a wrister in from the point, but we don't have a guy in front, or they have two guys in front, and we don't have doubles in front, or we don't have a screen. It's useless. It's a turnover. Right. You're basically icing the puck on yourself. Yeah. And so, yes, if you want to simplify it and do all that, you have to have not set plays, but basically a setup to where you're like, the rule we used to say is two to three passes, shot. So everybody on the ice, specifically the forwards are on the sides, they start to converge to the net automatically. There's two passes you that just go. feel it coming. They start to converge to the net. The net front guy's ready. So they're in deflection, rebound mode, or puck retrieval mode. So after the third pass, then we can start yelling shoot because you're supposed to be. You just said. If that's the plan. third pass. If, they, if Craig Berube sends out a, an email to all Blues fans and says, right. Two to three passes. Yeah, it's in with the then uh, it's in with the season, it's in with the season ticker uh, t- season ticket holder package. When they <laughs> scan right there, your yeah. thing to get into the building, Don't forget it gives you an automatic text. Yeah. Two or three passes, then yell shoot. <laughs> Don't forget to yell shoot. <laughs> hey. uh, we do need to talk game plan here moving forward, don't we? With somebody who's going to be out for a oh while. yeah yeah Robert Thomas yeah. is is going to be out for four to six weeks, uh, broken wrist, um, wrist or thumb. Oh, thumb. thumb You're I right. Think, yeah. It was thumb, but it was, I think, horrible the, for hitchhiking, Jeff. Yeah, really but maybe it was on the same. Well, I don't know. Where are you going, sir? <laughs> is it on the same paw that he broke the wrist Le- on last the lefty, year? Is maybe so that I, think it's the, uh, I don't remember. I mean, it, 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 I we knew we knew that we were got, we were not going to make it through the left would, thumb if traffic is going this way, or do you have to use the right thumb? In Australia, you do. Okay, so you can use a wrong hand in Australia. Exactly. What about yes. England? Oh, you were talking about hitchhiking still? Yeah. We need to get somebody else on the podcast so that I have somebody to talk to when you two are Donnie, rock, it's a good when question. you two are walking it yourself really into circles. Hang the on, the next time you find second. yourself hitchhiking in Australia, you're going to know to use the right one, the left hand, the left hand for right traffic, for right traffic, and the right hand for left traffic. But imagine that here. Would you pick up somebody? Now, not that you would pick up a hitchhiker as it is, Jeff. I know you would. I now, would not. I would. If if you're driving along and the person doesn't face you and give you the thumb, and they're just sort of walking back to you, and with the left, I I'm at that point. I'm like, he doesn't want to. Ride that no, path. he doesn't. He's just out for a stroll. Yeah, is what it is. He's I like just kind wanna, of fake. So you're saying you're not picking anybody up unless they ask for it. Is what unless you're they turn, I can yeah. see there's an eye connection, and I have room in the back of the pickup truck mm-hmm. <laughs> along with the other bodies. I was just going to ask what we we're going to do without Robert Thomas. Okay, for the next oh, four to six weeks. but okay, I mean, sorry. we can killed, keep on killed about a minute and a half. <laughs> we can keep it. on going down this path <laughs> if you'd like. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, 
We're really talking about Robert Thompson? Yeah, okay. that's okay. But what, there's nothing, I mean, you can't, I mean, there's not a lot that you could talk about. Deuteros no, there's hurt. a lot, Hopefully actually. will be back, back soon. I mean, what? There's a lot to digest on this. He hasn't had a consistent start to the season. He's still got some points put up there. That's because he's extremely talented. Right. Um, and what sucks, what I'm pissed about, is he finally got a goal. Okay? And it's not like it was a, what a, 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 just a goal. He battled for it. Yeah. And this is the one thing we talked about at the end of last week uh, on the fast lane. I was like, Robert Thomas has to create his own offense, which means he's either got to get across the blue line and rip the puck, or he's got to take it wide, drive the net, create his own offense. Stop relying on other people. Become a threat yourself. And on that play, he had the puck and went after it three times all by himself, and he became the threat, and he scored. So I was like, at home, I'm like, yes, fist pump, spilled my beer, Dog, drink it up. Not my fault. I think he's got a good tolerance. But anyways. <laughs> by now. By now. It's been a few spills. <laughs> and a fake ID, I think. Um, nah, he's got the white in his beard. Uh, he's, he's fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, they don't question him. Um, now, that being said, uh, Robert Thomas, I thought that was the moment for him. And then I think the very next shift or two shifts later, he falls awkwardly and breaks his thumb or his wrist. We're not sure yet. Right. It's a... It's an upper body arm sort of injury. Wing. We'll leave it there. End of an expended. What is this called? What is this called? Appendage. Appendage. And no, an appendage. not your appendix, Jeff. The appendage. Oh. Appendage. Yeah. Yes. End of the appendage. Something like that. So I, Jacob I Delarose is in their lineup tonight. I can edit this stuff out. Don't worry. Yeah, we, we always do. <laughs> yeah. Like Jeff knows how to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I call a guy named Ed, right? Ed. So oh, LaRose so LaRose I thought I saw LaRose was in the lineup. Yeah, that's tonight. an even trade right yeah. there, right? That might have been the morning skate though too. No, he'll be in. He'll be in. He'll be in. He was elevated from the taxi squad, which is kind of funny. So right. he's basically saying like you got called up. Um, the guys are in the other room. Yeah. I mean, why would we just say they're just in the <laughs> they other might room? Not going, even Can be. I come in, coach? Actually, you know what? I think they are. Just yeah. so people they actually are in a different room for the simple fact of COVID. So if somebody in the room gets COVID, the taxi squad guys aren't near them so that they're that available. Makes sense. So, yeah. So huh. that was a good, good job, Thank Jeff. You. That's, that's two, two to one, Donnie. For me. Now, Sorry. if I edit this right today, I'm three for three. Damn yeah, it, We man. won't let that one happen. So. I thought I came to the table today, yeah. man. I, thought, I really thought I came to the table prepared. Anyway, go ahead, Dad. Uh, Jamie. Um, yeah. Thank you, son. Uh, <laughs> Barbashev, first of all, elevated to the O'Reilly Perron line. Uh, I like it a lot because Barbashev's a hard worker. He's a good dude. He's not having a great start to the season for whatever reason. Not awful. Just it's not like it's not the Barbie that we usually get. So put him with O'Reilly and Perron. That's like the the ultimate fix. Like the cure mm-hmm. to your hockey blues is Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. And I think that'll go really well. Now, that being said, the Shen line staying the same. Why would you change that? It's not time to do that yet. And then the third line is going to be Sunquist, Sanford, and Blay. So that's going to be an interesting one, yeah, which I like yeah. that. Yeah. And then the fourth Sweet. line is uh, Delarose, Clifford, and I think McEachern. I think I'll well, double check some, here. There's some there's some nastiness in that in that fourth line. Yeah, and, and look, if there's opportunity for a lot of guys right now to make a difference and to be a part of it. But certainly, it's not having it's not like having Robert Thomas in your lineup. Right, he's going to be missed in a lot of ways because yes, okay, sorry, I was wrong. We got Sunquist, Sanford, and Hoffman oh. on the third line. Then Blay, Delarose, and Clifford. Still, that's some that's some banging on your fourth line. Yeah, um, it's a lot here for the guys. Robert Thomas to me 
he's obviously one of the bright young stars in the game, and, and he can change the momentum of a game with one pass or, or one play. So that sucks. But it's given opportunity to other guys, and you for sure have a fourth line of grinders now that are going to go out there and play hard. And, and so that should bode well against the Arizona team, that that's kind of how they all play. Uh, Hoffman with Sunquist and Sanford. I like it because those two like to set up guys, and Sunquist loves to get to the net. Mike Hoffman loves to shoot it. Yeah, let's let's just bank one off. He of just Sunquist. shoot one from what anywhere, actually, yeah, yeah. which is good and bad yeah. at times. But yeah, when he gets the puck, be ready for it to fly. <laughs> yeah, he he does not like he. I I feel like I have not seen a Blues player like that in a long time. That just Where, let her go, dude. Yeah. When when he's got it, he's going to shoot it. I mean, yeah. that's and I. But I like that though. Like what I mean, happens you can't have there? Too many of those. No, but, but what happens is there's positives and negatives to it. Okay, one if you guys aren't ready for it and there's a rebound or he misses the net. Then it becomes a bit of a breakout for the other team because, you know, you're kind of in in-between land. But when your linemates start to understand what's going on and they get to figure it out that, hey, okay, hey, trigger over here. He's just going <laughs> to shoot the puck every time. Right, so trigger. now the D understand that, and the offside D, the weak side D, will hold the blue line a little more, anticipating if he misses the net, I can pinch down on the puck and keep it in. And his linemates know that, hey, we need somebody at the net because – Trigger is going to pull it right now, and right. here we go. So I, I, I like it. I think that he could choose his spots a little bit more wisely. Yeah. Um, but he's got the goalie guessing, man, and hopefully he's got it in his arsenal to start looking off the goalie and maybe look for another play. But as of right now, if he gets four, five, six, seven, eight shots on net a game, I'm okay with it because I, I said it before, the puck jumps off his mm-hmm. stick. He doesn't. He's not even a big guy. He's not like a muscular guy. Just whatever he's got going on there, that thing just jumps, and it's like, whoa! That yeah. came off quick. All right, let's do this before we close things up. We we got an email two weeks ago, and we got so wrapped up last week that I I forgot. But I want to read this from from uh, from Max, and you can always email us uh, email us at lmbp at gmail.com, right? No, at, no one, it's oh, at one hundred five seven the point dot com. One five seven the point dot com. See, yeah, I he, gave Max. Max texted I, into the fast lane a few times. Okay. And he said, what's the LMBP email? So I texted you guys, and Jeff responded, which I should have known better, um, with the LMBP at gmail.com. I sent it to Max, and Max was like, that didn't work. That's how I had this it in my head. Rivs, you're yeah, lying. This, this is clearly my fault. It's right. LMBP at 1057thepoint.com. No, that's, it's not your fault. It's my fault for being I'll old and not remember. Can we just right, get anyway. it out straight so people know? <laughs> LMBP. <laughs> At 1057thepoint.com. Last minute blues podcast at 1057thepoint.com. Max says, hey, guys, I love the show. Really have learned a, we'll say, crap ton about hockey on and off the ice. I love both sides of it and can't get enough. Was wondering if Ribs can try and do at least one Hully impersonation every episode and give us all the stories he wants. Burton and Donnie, you both ask the questions I ask all the time and appreciate and appreciate it. If I had my own business, I would definitely be a sponsor for the show maybe one day. And that's from Max. Thank you, Max. And thank you for getting it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. thank you for getting that. That Jeff and I, by no stretch, think that we're experts. Like, we're just fans that I'm love the game either. and want to yeah. find out more. I'm not an expert either. And Max, you can get a okay, small a business loan and, for a lot of my career. <laughs> Max can get a small business loan in these trying times. <laughs> they don't are handing do them out. Max. No, don't do that to Max. He no. was nice enough to send Thank us you, the email. Yeah, that's but really hey, cool. thanks everybody for listening today. Now, listen, real quick question. So, uh, so they play Minnesota. I'm sorry, they play uh, Phoenix tonight, and then yeah. supposedly Minnesota on Thursday. Supposedly, but they've had a couple more COVID cases pop up, so that one is. 
question marks right now. And then again, and then we're back in Phoenix on Saturday yeah. to play Arizona again. Yes, sir. But so then that Thursday game, if it goes away, will we get a replacement or? We'll see what the NHL does because they've been good at so far of like, okay, you're available, you're healthy, let's go. Yeah, yeah moving play. pieces around and yeah. Yeah, crazy. And I, I think that's that, what they have to do. I thought that was really, I mean, cool. I, and I, I mean, don't mean it. But when it came it out the, on Thursday night that, you know, the situation was going to be what it was, that the NHL did act within seemingly a half an hour or an hour yeah. and had the games rescheduled and ready to roll. Now, obviously, I'm sure they've got a little a little knowledge of that going into the situation that yeah. it could be possible. But they started talking about it in the morning yeah, um, of the, that game day. And Phoenix at first was like, no, we're flying back, you know. And then Rick talking, I think, intervened and said, we're already here. You know, we got to play these guys eight times anyways. Let's just go. Let's so get at least it on. you keep playing, right? Yeah, well, yeah. they were supposed to play Minnesota. Right. And Minnesota obviously is on the shelf right now with COVID. So they would have had an extended period of time without games too. So why not just get them out of the way? So then, and then when it, when the, all these, how are these games going to be made up for Minnesota and New Jersey when everything's already so compacted? Anyway, they'll like, just probably extend the season. And the other thing week. is, oh, you know what I mean? Okay, okay. And I you don't have competition have with the buildings right now for concerts and stuff like that too. So it's a, the buildings are going to be a little more available. Too. Well, I just depending you know, on fans too. Like some of these places may never have fans this season. If that's the case, you play you know the game at two o'clock in the afternoon. Somewhere, plug it in. You, you just get it knocked out. Okay, I was it. just thinking that they were. You might just have to... get her done. Well, that's how we're going to wrap this one up. It, it is the last minute blues podcast. Uh, Jamie Rivers with that unbelievable Larry the Cable Guy impersonation. I thought that was Brett Hall. Sorry. <laughs> Jeff, just get it done. There, there we is. go. Yeah. Uh, Dottie Fandango, <laughs> Jeff Burton from 1057 The Point. Follow us. Uh, share us with your friends. Let us know that the let them know that the last minute blues pe- podcast is out there. So easy for me to say. Thanks as always. Uh, we'll do another episode on Thursday, and let's go blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.